Morning, folks. I, re- I reckon the conference this year was the best ever. I've been to a few, um, but I, I reckon this one was, was the best. Uh, really, really some great teaching, great sharing, great impartation. And, um, yeah, I hope you've got something from it. Or if not, uh, talk to somebody who went. Okay. Excuse me a minute while I just get organized here. We've been away in uh, Whakatane uh, visiting our son and daughter-in-law and three little boys. And um, we were there over Easter. While we were there, we went to the Friday, Good Friday service. They had a Good Friday service as well as Sunday. And I met an 80-year-old man there who had a story to tell. It was really interesting listening to him. In his first marriage, he drank heavily and lost his marriage. Couldn't stay together. He remarried. The drinking was worse. But he and his wife decided they would go to church Before I get to that part, though, in his first marriage, he lost his son to alcohol, as well as his marriage. In his second marriage, he lost his his next son to pee. And so he and his wife decided that they would go to church. And he said that they were sitting in a row back here somewhere, and and when the uh, preacher... um, gave the word and asked if anybody wanted to give their hearts to the Lord. Unbeknown to each other, one of them came out one direction, the other one went out the other way, and they didn't even know that they both ended up at the front. And they gave their hearts to the Lord, and their lives were changed. They prayed, and their son lost to alcohol was restored. The son lost to pee was restored. And they decided they would get on the road and go and tell everybody about Jesus. And they, they used to tour around their locality um, as patched Christians. And they'd visit all the patched gangs and, 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 say, uh, you know, and share the gospel with them. They said that the, he said that they could do that because they used to sell drugs to the gangs. So he had a connection. <laughs> That's one thing. If you've got a bit of a history, you've got a connection, haven't you? And so it was a great story. And... Um, um, just another story I have to share is that a few weeks ago there was somebody who gave their heart to the Lord here. And when, he, when we went down the back uh, for counseling, he said to me, uh, what have you got to offer me? What have you got to offer me? I thought, good question. So I told him as best I could. And um, I said to him, because he had a bit of a history as well, uh, You've, come, you've been a long way away. It might take a fair amount to come back. And he said, well, I appreciate you giving me a straight answer. But something at the conference struck me, and that was um, J. John saying, um, oh, no, it was the Sunday before the conference. He said that the gospel can be summed up with three things. It's forgiveness of your past, new life for today, and hope for the future. And I thought if I'd had those three things to share with that guy at that point, that would be such a a succinct and clear thing to share 
forgiveness of the past, new life for today, and hope for the future. Isn't it great that God gives those to us, and it's all free? Why don't we give the Lord a clap and, and say, thank you, Lord. Well, today I want to share about something more. Seeing the unseen and acting in faith. And, uh, you know, we know that there's something more. We know that there's something more. Uh, Catherine Marshall wrote a book, Something More. And uh, there have been various uh, testimonies that we might have heard. But in Psalm 73, I want to just go there first, because he was a guy who wrote the psalm, and uh, he was in doubt. Surely God is good. Yeah, God is good. But I came close to stumbling. I know God is good, but stuff happens, and I can come close to stumbling. Because I got envious of the arrogant. The arrogant, and the, the psalm goes on to, to list what these... Uh, people who don't know the Lord, they seem to prosper. They have prosperity. They have no pain and death. They're not in trouble. They're not plagued like other people. Their garments of violence cover them. They mock. They speak of oppression. They're always at ease, and they seem to have increased wealth. I'm not sure about this God is good idea. I thought God was good, but hey... How come he's got a new Hilux and he's not even a believer? <laughs> God seems to be blessing people that, uh, you know, who don't know him. And that's true. People do prosper. And they seem comfortable with life, not plagued, not troubled. And so we can take our eyes off, off, uh, off the Lord and say, well, is this for real? That, um, that line there, the garment of violence covers them. Another translation says that they sin more often than they change their clothes. <laughs> I thought that was clever. <laughs> but they mock, they speak of oppression, they're always at ease, they increase their wealth. So, hey, who needs God? Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. Surely in vain I have... You know, I pay my tithes, I come to church, and, and uh, these guys just seem to be going way past me. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure. I'm troubled by this. We're in this quandary, you know, in this, in this situation where I, I believe in God, but it doesn't seem to be working out for some reason. I'm troubled by this. And there are scriptures there in those verses that say, if I speak about it, I'll, it'll seem like I'm betraying my faith. So he was in a quandary. But, verse 17, he was troubled until. Until what? Well, until I came into the sanctuary of God. And when we come into God's presence, we suddenly see the whole picture. We see that, hey, there's more to this than meets the eye. Surely they are in slippery places. And, 
And the psalm goes on to elaborate on that. But I'd like to read you from another version that says this. It's the same story, but written in different words. Psalm 73. No doubt about it, God is good. Good to good people, good to the good-hearted. But I nearly missed it. I missed seeing his goodness. I was looking the other way, looking up to the people at the top, envying the wicked who have made it who have nothing to worry about, not a care in the whole wide world, pretentious with arrogance, they wear the latest fashions and violence, pampered and overfed, decked out in silk bows of silliness, they jeer using words to kill, they bully their way with words, they're full of hot air, loud mouths disturbing the peace. People actually listen to them. Can you believe it? Like thirsty puppies, they lap up their words. What's going on here? Is God out to lunch? Nobody's tending the store. The wicked get by with everything. They have it made. Piling up riches. I've been stupid to play by the rules. What has it got me? A long run of bad luck, that's what. A slap in the face every time I walk out the door. If I'd have given in and talked like this, I would have betrayed your dear children. Still, when I tried to figure it out, all I got was a splitting headache. Until I entered the sanctuary of God. And when we come into God's presence, we see things in a different light, don't we? We see the big picture. And it says here, um, until I entered the sanctuary of God, then I saw the whole picture then we see not just what is visible, but we see the invisible. We see the big picture of what on earth is going on. The slippery road you've put them on with a final crash in a ditch of delusions. And on it goes. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18 says that we don't just look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. How much depth is in that scripture? Because we live in the world that we see, but we know there's something more. There's a world that we cannot see. And what we see is passing away. It's temporary. It's temporary. It's limited. It's finite. It's changing. It's even unreliable. But what we cannot see is eternal. It's uh, dependable. And we, as, uh, we know that uh, God has taken, it's like God's taken the veil off our eyes. I guess that's what happens when we believe, right? It's like the veil's taken off and we say, wow, we have an aha moment. <laughs> you know, there's something more. Wow, there's a bigger picture here. And our heart rises to believe. Another version says that things that are seen don't last forever, but things that are not seen are eternal. That's why we keep our minds on the things that cannot be seen. It's worth repeating. Things that are seen don't last forever. Okay? This is not going to last forever. Okay? We might have a lovely home. We might have uh, money in the bank. We might have all the food that we need, we might be well off. But 
hey, this doesn't last forever. The things that are not seen, but it's the things that are seen that are eternal. And that's why we keep our minds on the things that cannot be seen. Or another version says, there's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. I want to commend the young people and others who have made a decision to get baptized today. It's like they, they have seen something and they're making a decision and they're following it up with action. Action is rewarding their faith because they've seen and they're living their life according to the unseen, God will reward them. So we've got comparisons here between the kingdoms which are on the earth and the kingdom of heaven. That's what the Bible refers to it as. The kingdoms of this earth are visible, they're changing, they're temporary. But the kingdom of heaven, it may be invisible, but it's dependable and it is eternal. How do we bring heaven to earth? I guess that's what we all want. That's what everybody wants. They want to be able to bring the ideal of heaven to earth. And we know that the Bible says that faith is how we do that. Faith hears the word of God, sees what to do, and acts. And I was thinking that uh, this is not something that we just do in our religious context. This is, should be how we live life. We see what to do, and we act. We know what God's way is, and we say, yes, that's the way to go, and we step out and we do it. It's a step of faith, so we live a life of faith. Faith is the key to bring heaven to earth. Wouldn't it transform all of us? Wouldn't it transform our community if we all walked in faith each day? Sensing what God wants for a situation, stepping out and doing it, and uh, enjoying the results. We need to act like Abraham did. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out. He went. He lived. Look at those verbs. Look at those things he did. He obeyed. He went. He acted on his faith. When he was tested, he offered up his son Isaac. Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son? Faith was working with his works. And so I just want to underscore here how important it is to have action that follows our faith. Action brings results. Or act like Moses. By faith, Moses, when he had grown, grown up, brought up in uh, the palace, but he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh when he realized his true identity. So by faith, he left Egypt. By faith, he kept the Passover. By faith, he crossed the Red Sea. And those scriptures can be found in, Acts, in Hebrews chapter 11. So there is something more. There is something more out there. I encourage you to act on God's word. Make that the 
plumb line. Make that the standard. Make that the, 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 uh, the, um, the line that you live by is acting on God's word and bring heaven to earth in your situation. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you today for what you've done in sending your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for us. We thank you, Lord, that it's a free gift, Lord, that he provide forgiveness of our sins, new life for today, and hope for tomorrow. Lord, strengthen us, Lord, to have the courage to walk by faith and not by sight. Strengthen us, Lord, to... Um, to be bold in our faith and to step out and to do the things that you say. And just as we've got our heads bowed here this morning, if you're somebody who would like to make that step, if you're somebody who would like to give your heart to the Lord today and say, yes, Lord, I've heard about you enough times. I know there's something more. I'm encouraging you this morning just to uh, indicate to me by raising your hand that you want to give your heart to the Lord, that you want to say, I want to walk with God. I want to align my life to him.